Media for the past 15 years, and they've started three churches, and they're looking to start a fourth one in the next couple of months uh, with one of the guys that is graduating from the Bible College. So during my internship, I was able to work in their church plants down there, um, in their third church plant specifically, um, and be able to to serve with the women and the children. And the Lord just gave me a huge burden for the women and children in Bolivia through my internship. Over 80% of Bolivians come from an indigenous descent from the and Aymaras and other tribal, uh, tribes. And so because of this, a lot of their traditions have been handed down uh, from generation to generation, and they've, been, they've blended with the Catholic religion that the Europeans brought over. And so while they worship the Virgin Mary, they also worship other false gods, uh, including the Pachamama, or Mother Earth, um, and El Tio, which translates as the uncle, but it's what they call the devil. And so they'll worship these false gods to provide blessings for them and also to... Um, gain favors um, and forgive their sins and things like that. And the children in Bolivia are growing up learning how to do these things. Um, the first time I kind of started learning about this, we were taking a tour of some Inca ruins there in Bolivia, and the tour guide showed us the spot where the Incas would sacrifice llamas to the Pachamama, to Mother Earth. But I didn't think about it too much because the Incas were years ago, and it, I didn't think that it would be something that happened now. But one day I was on the way to language school, and I was walking down the street and I smelled something in the air. I wasn't exactly sure what I was uh, smelling and later that day I found out that on the first Friday of every month Bolivians will offer incense to the Pachamama to appease her and ask for favor and blessings. Uh, But more than that, in the month of February they have a week-long holiday that's called Carnival and it's a week where the Bolivians believe that God has turned his back on them and they can fulfill all the lusts of their flesh for this one week and to kick it off in the city of Oruro, they have these huge parades where they uh, dress up in costumes that resemble demons um, and they do dances to the devil and they march up to a Catholic church and in the front of the church they have a statue to the Virgin Mary but in the back in the cave they have a statue to El Tio, the devil and they'll make sacrifices of llamas and different things uh, to appease him for the whole year um, and then the kids growing up in, the, just in, in this holiday just think that it's a fun week where they get to throw water balloons at their friends and they get to um, dance in parades. But as they grow up, they learn the true meaning behind the holiday and they too will start trusting these false gods to save them and making these sacrifices to the devil. And that's just one way that the Lord really burdened my heart for Bolivia was learning more about their culture, where they're coming from, Um, and what the children are growing up in. Uh, They also have another holiday they just celebrated um, about a week or so ago. It's called the Virgin of Yurkupinia, and it's a holiday in which the Bolivians believe that the Virgin Mary appeared to a little girl. She was a poor shepherd girl, and um, she appeared to her on a hill in a city of Kiyokoyo, right outside of Cochabamba, where I'll be living. Um, And the Virgin Mary told her to take home some rocks from the hill so that way her family would be blessed. And as she was walking home, the rocks turned to silver, and so her family was blessed by that and pulled out of uh, poverty. And so every year, Bolivians will make a trek from Cochabamba all the way to Quiacoyo to this hill. Um, And along the way, they have different people will um, have stands selling little miniature things, trinkets, of things that the Bolivians want to be blessed with through the year. And may it be a car, a diploma, um, a house, anything that they would want to be blessed with or they, they are 
longing for. They'll buy little trinkets that resemble it, and they will make this pilgrimage to Cochabamba from to Kiyokoyo, um, and they'll go to this hill and take rocks, and they'll get it blessed by a priest and bring it home in hopes to be blessed uh, throughout the year in the, with these different things. Uh, but it's a blessing that has to be returned. It's on a loan, and they have to return the rocks and the trinkets back to the hill uh, the following year. And the Bolivians are believing just these false religions um, and they just don't have true hope because they don't have the greatest blessing of all, the blessing that we have, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And that's a blessing that we don't have to return. We have it forever and we are able to share that with others. And so that's the Lord just really gave me a huge burden for the women and children there in Bolivia. Um, And I just don't want them to turn up like um, Carlos and Maria. There are two kids that were attending the church there in Bolivia, and one week they disappeared, and they came back a couple weeks later, and they uh, told us that they had moved and started going to, uh, they lived in a new neighborhood, and so they walked five miles, about five miles, to get to church by themselves that day. So one of the guys in the Bible college decided he would pick them up for church each week and they were bringing about 17 other children from their new neighborhood to church with them. But sadly a Catholic priest went visiting in their neighborhood one day and told them that if they kept attending the Baptist church that bad things would happen to them. And so Carlos and Maria listened to the priest and they stopped coming to church. And we don't know if they were saved or what happened to them but it's just a sad reality that the children in Bolivia are growing up in to fear the church and to put their hope and trust in these false gods. And so I'm super excited to get back uh, to be able to get back to go to Bolivia and to be able to share the the gospel with these children um, and more young children like Jesenia. Jesenia is one of the girls that is in the Bible in the Bible College and the church down there in Bolivia. And she was giving her testimony um, during the New Year's service one day when I was there. And she was telling us about how her and her brother lived with their mom. Their parents were separated and their dad was a drunk. And they lived with their mom, but she wanted nothing to do with them. And she would leave them at home alone for weeks by themselves. And finally one day she came back and she decided that she didn't want to be their mom anymore and so she kicked them out on the street so for about a week Jesenia and her brother were homeless living on the street when one of the ladies in the church Esperanza she was uh, she knew about them and she brought them in and brought them to church and they were able to hear the gospel and be saved and as Jesenia was giving her testimony she told us that right before Esperanza brought her to church she decided that that next week she was going to commit suicide she was going to kill herself because she had no more hope in the world and no one loved her and there was no purpose for her but but instead she was able to come to church and hear the gospel and learn that God loves her and sent his son to die on the cross for her sins and that there is a hope and a purpose for her in this world. And the Lord has continued to work in her family as well. Her father started coming to church and he was saved and no longer a drunk um, and just continuing to build that relationship with his children. Uh, but I would pray for Jesenia right now. Her father just this past month passed away from COVID um, and, but they do have that promise that they will see him again one day in heaven. So I say we just pray for her. She's dealing with a loss of her father um, and during this time. Um, but the Lord is just continuing to bless in the in the ministry in Bolivia. Um, there, are, there are three churches there that the whites have started. The first one is uh, Vision Baptist Church of Cochabamba. Um, and they just recently, about two weeks ago, had a, another baptism service and a, a mother and daughter 
were baptized um, into the church. And it's just, the Lord's just continuing to bless even throughout the pandemic um, and all the regulations and restrictions that they have. The second church plant in Keokoyo, um, right before COVID hit, they bought their own property so they can build their own building. Um, And so they are starting to work on that now as the regulations have been lifted with COVID and everything. Um, So they ask that you would pray for the church as they're reaching out to their new community around the church, around the the property, and working on building their own building so they don't have to keep paying rent to these other people. Um, And their third church plant just celebrated their fourth year anniversary in March. Um, And the Lord is just doing a mighty work with them as well. Um, They're able to have a kids club on Saturdays where they reach out into the neighborhood to get kids to come. And they um, have stories and games and they're able to hear a Bible story um, and just have a fun time with snacks and different things and be able to hear the gospel. Um, So I say you would just pray for all the ministries going on. Pray for the whites. They've just got back to Bolivia. They were home on furlough. They got back on July 7th um, down there in Bolivia and continued to um, set up their house and be able to jump back into the ministry. Uh, One of the guys in the Bible College is about to graduate and they're looking to start a fourth church plant with him um, and be able to start a new work in a different part of the city. Um, So I actually would pray for that as they they start their preparations uh, for this new church plant. Ask for you to, for God to prepare the hearts of the people around the city that they will be uh, reaching into. Um, but more importantly, I ask you just pray for the 12 million people in Bolivia who are lost and on their way to hell. Um, if anyone has any questions about the ministry, about Bolivia, anything, I'm willing to answer any type of questions that you might have. Yes? Was the um, training school that you went to? Um, it's called the Our Generation Training Center. Um, and it's down in Alfreda, Georgia, and it's a training center for missionaries. You get um, Bible classes and hands-on ministry experience. So what mission board is supporting you, please? Uh, it's Vision Baptist Missions. Vision Baptist Missions. It's down there in um, Alpharetta, Georgia. And I have some prayer cards up here too. Um, It has all the information um, uh, about the mission board with their address and everything on it as well if y'all want to um, come up. These are just some different things that I have brought from from Bolivia um, up here. So if y'all want to come up um, uh, later and just look at them, just have some pictures, their money and different things for the kids to look at as well. Does anyone else have any questions? Yeah. Bible club. You have a Bible club with the children. Is it is it a one? Is it a back? Uh, what kind of Bible club is it? Um, it's just we just call it kids club. We um, the church the people in the church will go to a park near the church and they will invite all the kids that are there and they just tell them Bible stories and we have games um, and snack with them um, and they they have seen uh, a couple of professions of faith from the the children that have been th- have been to there. I mean, we're not really trying to change their culture uh, per se. Um, 
but they are in at least in the, the, the part of town that the third church plant is in um, a couple years ago they had a murder in that town um, and so a lot of the parents they were they did have a ton of kids that attended before that um, but a lot of the parents have stopped letting their children go just because they're not scared of the church they're scared of that area and um, if, if you know they don't want anything to happen to their children um, and so it has been a little harder reaching out to the children because of that. The parents are a little more resistant towards it. Um, but overall, I mean, I mean, we want to reach the parents just as much as the children. Right. Um, it's just a, there was a little pushback from them that they didn't want them learning this information, but they preferred them to stay Right. I mean, I mean, they want them just, I mean, if we have snacks and games and stuff, then they're like, oh, it's good. It's, you know, a fun time for the, for the kids. But there's not really too much of a pushback. Um, it's just a little harder to reach the parents. So they'll let their kids come, but they won't necessarily come. Yeah. So. And why do you think that is? Do you think it's because they want... Um, they want their children to learn something different than what they had to live. I mean, um, I'm not necessarily sure. Um, I think they they are more more used to their own way of living um, and Catholicism is just a huge part of their culture um, I mean even the people who come to church and have been saved um, they feel a, a kind of pressure from their family um, if something happens if there's a death in the family or something special and that they have a mass and they feel a pressure to go to the mass uh, with their family because it's just part of the culture and who makes what makes them and so I think they're just more used to that and that's you know kind of who they are so have you found that when you're witnessing to uh, not only children but adults mm -hmm. especially the adults uh, that one of the things that they use to try to squash the conversation is the fact that they're, they're found Catholic <coughs> Um, they a lot of them already believe that they are saved uh, because they do go to mass and different things and so that is a little harder um, to kind of to reach at and that really um, it takes a relationship with the person um, to really get into it and so that's a lot of what I'll be doing is uh, I mean first learning Spanish um, so that I can communicate with them but then also just building relationships and friendships with the women and children down there so that way we can really get into it um, and you know I can show them, you know, the truth in the Bible, you know, of what the true gospel is. Does anyone else have any questions? So how much um, support have you raised? Are you still starting to raise your support? Um, I started raising my support full-time in January, um, and the Lord has already blessed me with 60% of my needed support, and so I am looking to buy tickets for March. So Lord willing, I'll be leaving for Bolivia in March, as long as everything else starts coming in. Are there things that, specific things that, you, that they need there, like Bibles and... Um, they have, right, um, I mean there are some things uh, for the church that I will be taking down with me, um, uh, like 
flannel graphs and different things, craft supplies for the church. Um, we can get them there in Bolivia. It's just a little more expensive um, and different things like that. Bibles uh, are come, you know, it's pretty easy to get um, there in Bolivia in Spanish. Um, but diff different craft things and supplies uh, for the church I will probably be bringing down with me. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I mean, donations are, are welcomed and everything. So. Not the best. Well, the reason I'm asking right. is because we been on having been on mission trips and wanting to support somebody, uh, it's kind of hard to ship things unless you're right. DHL or right. Um, I actually haven't shipped anything um, from you know from the states to Bolivia. I do know that during COVID it was all shut down. We don't have we have post office post offices. We don't have mailboxes or anything. I mean that would just get. I mean everyone would just steal your mail if you had a mailbox sitting out. Um, but. It does take a couple months, you know, to get there and everything. Um, and I can get more information uh, from the missionaries that are there because they have received packages before from churches and different things. Um, I just don't have all the information, and I know it, it just takes a while for it to get there. Do you have short-term mission teams come to where you are at? Yes. Uh, I mean, we welcome people coming. Um, there are different holidays and different things we'll do events at or um, just, you know, coming and seeing the need of the gospel there. Um, I think the best way to get involved in missions is to go on a missions trip and to see the need um, that is there in the country. So, yeah. I just had a question about the really strange. I think the the best way to explain it is that the, the Catholic Church really just kind of wants Bolivians to be able to be Catholic but also just do whatever they want. And because Bolivian has such a huge um, indigenous you know, influence from their past, it all just kind of blend, blended together. And so it's just all there doing the same thing. So so they just allowed them, they kind of just overlook it and, you know, allow them to do, kind of worship whoever they want. They do. So in the, with the holiday in February, Carnival, um, it's a, I mean, during the whole week, they just do whatever they want. They fulfill all their, their lustly flesh throughout the week. And then on Friday, um, they go to Mass, and they ask for forgiveness of their sins. Um, and it's right before Easter and Lent, so then for the 40 days, they give up all their, lust, their lustly flesh, uh, fleshly lusts for 40 days. So they have a week of doing whatever they want, and then give it up for 40 days. And then that leads to Easter. So exactly, yeah. And Carnival is celebrated throughout um, most Latin American countries. It's just Bolivia kind of has their own spin on it. I think all countries kind of put their own their own cultural spin on it. So not all not all countries will have the sacrifice to the devil to kick it off. Um, 
and, and different things. They do the parades and the parties and everything. Um, but Bolivia is the one that has taken it with, you know, making the animal sacrifices. Right, right. So uh, the city of Oruro, where they have these huge parades, it's a mining, uh, mining uh, city, and so the Catholic Church is right behind, right in front of like a cave, and so basically they are making sacrifices to the devil to appease him and kind of you know, you know, keep him at bay and say you know, hey, instead of hurting us this year, bless us because we're worshiping you and we're celebrating you, and so you know, like we don't want any more deaths in the mines. And, and different things like that. And so just kind of to keep them at bay so bad things don't happen to them. Yeah. How long did, um, did your training, how long was your training at the um, art um, so the classes go for about two to two and a half years, um, and then you take a six-month internship. Um, they're very um, flexible. I mean, some people come and they've already been to Bible college, and so then they can do like a short internship there at the church because it's at Vision Baptist Church. Um, do a short internship and you know get more hands-on training, um, or you know I took all the classes. I didn't go to Bible college or anything, and so I took the classes with the hands-on training and then the internship. So they're very flexible with what you do. I graduated with a bachelor's degree in missions in about three three or four years. Um, so the classes go year-round um, instead of taking summer breaks and different things. So. Any other questions? Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, if y'all want to come and talk according, you feel free. Uh, if you want to go to your Sunday school classes and have Sunday school classes, you can. Uh, we got about you know, 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes. Uh, stop by, check her out, uh, and, and, you know, pray for her. Pray for her. She is in the midst of it where they, uh, the culture is interact with Catholicism and uh, Catholics have been there since the early 1700s, late 1600s, and so, like she says, they have interwoven their pagan beliefs with the Catholicism, and so uh, these Baptist churches are planning, and, and they're showing the light. They're showing the truth. Now, it, like she said, why do the kids, why, and here in America, why do parents pull up and drop their kids off the church and drive off? Same difference. The only difference is that they're not dropping them off with a vehicle probably walking them down there or something. So, you know, people are people. Everywhere you go, uh, the cultures are a little bit different. Love is love, hate is hate. Um, and so anyway, with that being said, uh, come by and see her. I'm going to close us in a prayer and uh, we can socialize with her or we can go to Sunday school and uh, ever what you want to do. So, uh, you can, we can do that or we can do it at the end of the church service today. Either way, it doesn't matter. After the, you go to work for those today. So uh, at the end of our worship service, we can take up the love offering there if you want to give it to her now. Either way, whatever, whatever y'all want to do. Um, wherever the Lord leads you. Uh, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. 
and then we will uh, we'll we'll go to whatever we decide to y'all decide you want to do. Uh, so let's go to Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you. And we thank you for this. Lord, we thank you for Courtney. We thank you for the call you have on her life. Lord, we ask you to, to guide her, bless her. Uh, we ask, Lord, that, that she reaches her 100% uh, uh, funding she needs so that she can do what you've called her to do. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we want to honor you in this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, he didn't do the same thing. I 
Somebody's ringing the bell. That's good. <laughs> I was just going to tell Red ring the bell. Well, good morning. Our call to worship today is 158. 158. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Let's all stand. Good morning. Welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church. We've had a, a beautiful morning this morning. We're learning things and uh, we're seeing that God is, is at, at work all around the world and even here. Uh, the only birthday we have this week is, is Roy Brower. So if you uh, 
Give Roy a holler. Tell him happy birthday. We'll sing happy birthday to him uh, right now. So, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Our next hymn is 506, 506, in Christ alone. song. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we ask you to guide our time together. Lord, allow this message that's preached today touch the hearts that need to hear it. Lord, may we apply it to our lives and walk it out for a dark world to see. Lord, we ask that you bless each one that's here and those that are watching. Lord, we ask you uh, to put a hedge of protection around them. Lord, to ease their fears in the times that we live. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, we're here at a time of our announcements, praises, and prayer requests. Uh, starting Saturday, uh, early, starting early in September which will be next week, I will be getting a hold of the nominating committee, and we will start the search process for next year. 
Who's going to fill what position? Who is God leading to fill what position? So y'all, as a congregation and us as a search committee, or for lack of a better term, nominating committee, can be in prayer and God would lead us to those who are being called to serve in some capacity at Deep Creek Baptist Church. Uh, September the 7th, correct? At 7 p.m. September the 7th at 7 p.m., the ladies' circle meeting in the fellowship hall. September the 12th is homecoming. We will have a covered dish dinner. Now, with that being said, the ladies' circle are going to provide chicken. And so we need all the fixings to go with that. If you want to bring some other type of meat, you can bring some other type of meat. You want to bring vegetables, whatever you want to bring. Mainly desserts. No, I'm just picking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we need the, the whole, the desserts, all of it. Uh, and so that will be on homecoming, September the 12th. Um, I, go ahead. We'll have a side of the sheet that will bring it next tonight. Okay. All right, so we'll have a sign-up sheet starting Wednesday night in the foyer. So uh, put your name on there and tell them what you're bringing. Um, also, uh, the 13th, 14th, and 15th is our revival. Uh, Brother Eugene Rushry will be bringing the message. Uh, so bring your friends and family. Invite them all out. Uh, it'll be a wonderful time. Uh, I promise you that when Eugene preaches, he's animated. He, he, he gets in the spirit and he's good and um, you'll understand. I promise you won't sleep during Eugene's sermon. Uh, yeah, go ahead, John. That will be at 7 o'clock. Right. You're right. Uh, October the 2nd, Saturday, from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., church-wide yard sale with a rain date on the following Saturday the 9th. Uh, and you may start bringing your items the 16th of September. So after homecoming that next Saturday, you can start bringing Wednesday, whatever. Start bringing them. And uh, all the proceeds from that is going to the church, correct? Going to missions. So, Okay, all right. So it'll be go between the men and the women. Uh, bring your... Bring your slightly used clothes. You know, we, if it's got holes in it, come on. Get, you know, bring the good stuff. The stuff that's been hanging in the back of the closet for a couple of years that you ain't worn. It could be household things too. Yeah, yeah, household. I, I was starting with the clothes. I was getting there. <laughs> Thank you, G. Uh, but yeah, household goods, whatever, furniture, whatever. You can bring it uh, and uh, sell it and get rid of it. Uh, I know I've already got a, a, uh, a task to perform, so we're good. Um, if you have any questions about that, you can contact any of the ladies in the ladies' circle. Any other announcements? You had a great time yesterday. Yes. Thank you. I Yep, we, uh, we, we had a good time yesterday. Um, we found out some things, and uh, <laughs> it, it worked out. Uh, we beautified the place, and uh, it looks great out there. Also, uh, sometime around the middle of September, uh, I, I will receive a date of when our uh, monument for the playground will be delivered. 
and then we will have our dedication shortly thereafter. We'll set that monument and have it uh, have it dedicated, and we'll do our whatever we decide to do, cookout, whatever, ever how we're going to do it. But it'll be a, a Saturday of fun and fellowship. Any other announcement? Right. 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 We will be getting the list out for Operation Christmas Child. Um, I think we're going to do what? Forty-eight boxes. Forty-eight boxes. And so we will need the items for boys and girls. Uh, we'll get a list of everything that we can't put in there and so um we'll go from there and there's age ranges and we'll we'll come up with all of that and uh, we need the support of the church to help these youth to do this um okay okay Right. Okay. So we will be bringing more information as, as that comes along. So just be in prayer about that. That uh, that when those boxes are delivered, that they will see the love of Christ delivered through those boxes. Are there any other announcements? Praises and prayer requests. Um. Do you have that list, Sharon? I do. Uh, Shelby and Tom Howler, they both have COVID. That's a husband and wife. And her dad, Ronald Eisenberg, he's been put back in a hospital. They didn't say it was COVID-related. He had been in there a couple of weeks ago, and he's gone back his breathing was shallow. Mm-hmm. But Shelby and Tom have COVID. Okay. Um, any other? John? So, just put, a, put the barefoot and Avery barefoot passed away. Okay. How far as great aunt. So, pray, we need to pray for the barefoot family. Also, pray for our, um, for, pray for our shut-ins. I know you said that last week. Yeah. The facilities are on lockdown again for... Pray for the. Uh, also, remember the Lee family. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of families uh, on here that we need to remember. Um, continue to pray for Joanne Crabtree. Uh, there's a lot. The, the, the list is long. Uh, go ahead, Roger. Amen. 
Amen. That's a praise. Yes. Amen. Any other praises and prayer requests? Yes, um, the uh, Marines and Army and Navy uh, families that lost their loved ones this week uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, let's lift them up in your prayers. One of the the, the soldiers from Fort Bragg, uh, Staff Sergeant, he was originally from Tennessee. He lives in Pine Bluff. His uh, his wife works at the mod shop. So, uh, hit home. You know, uh, he was in the uh, Special Forces. Uh, he was in the Ninth Special uh, um, um, Psychological Operations Command uh, Battalion and the Eighth Psycholog uh, Psychological uh, Warfare Group uh, at Fort Bragg. So, uh, he was a staff sergeant. Pray for him. Pray for the families. Pray for our country. Any other praises and prayer requests? There's somebody, um, a neighbor of uh, Vicky and Richard Brown, my brother and sister-in-law, mm -hmm. who is in, he's in Afghanistan now. He's in special forces. Right. Okay. Uh, also, uh, want to continue to pray for the Roberts family. Uh, uh, her husband is still uh, on ship. Um, so continue to pray for the Roberts family and the protection for his return. Um, are there any others? Continue to, and also pray for Courtney that she has a uh, safe trip uh, to where she's going to be tonight and on in, back to Georgia. Uh, safe travel. So any others? Yeah. Praise God that why this country looks like it does and everything is in such chaos. And we can just rest. Yes. You know, as believers knowing that none of this is taking God by surprise. Right. But he's on the throne and he's in control. And that his church is flourishing and doing well because the gates of hell can't prevail against him. Amen. Praise God that we can sit here today and worship him. Amen. 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 A wonderful praise. Any other? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you and we lift up each family that is suffering with COVID, suffering with loss, Lord, those soldiers and sailors and, and, and Marines that uh, lost their lives in the explosion. Lord, all the civilians that, that aren't mentioned in this. Lord, we ask that you would uh, continue to put a hedge of protection around them. Lord, we ask that you would make sure that all of those that need to exit that country have an opportunity to do so. Lord, we ask you to be with all of our military as they are in harm's way, not only abroad, but here at home, under constant attack. Physical attack, spiritual attack. Lord, we just ask you to, to touch their hearts and keep them safe. Lord, let us never forget that they are prepared and volunteered to sacrifice their lives for our protection. 
like you, Lord. They're the only things on earth that has ever done this. Lord, we ask you to be with uh, Courtney as she travels. Keep her safe. Lord, we ask you to honor her mission and the call on her life. Lord, we ask you to guide each family here as we prepare to worship you. Open our hearts. Set aside all the distractions of this world so that we can just bask in your glory with other believers for the next hour. That you can touch our hearts and, and lead us in a direction that you would have us to go so that we can honor you with every step and word we speak. Lord, we love you. And we ask you to fill this place with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our offertory hymn is 500. Page 500. Trust and obey. I'll stand.
We have a treat today. Um, we have some special music. Uh, Christy and Kathleen are going to sing for us. So, ladies, if you will come up here, I will I will ease down there, and uh, I'll do the jumping jacks so people will look at me and not jump. Do you have it? Do you have it? Or? Um, I don't. You don't? Can I use your yeah. copy? Sure. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? 
this, this we have so much talent in this church. It's just amazing. Um, and you got me that can't play the radio. You know, so, <laughs> uh, I have one more thing I want to do before we get to the to the worship service. Uh, uh, Miss Diane, would you? Uh, What we have is a is some welcome gifts for um, some families that have started coming, and it was just a little token of the appreciation uh, for those new families that we would like to welcome. Uh, so uh, these ladies have put together a little treat bag, for lack of a better term. And we'd like to say that we are so blessed to have you in our church. And just seeing Christine Kathleen up there singing touches my heart. And I know that God has blessed us with these people. And we just want to know that we love you and we welcome you to open arms. I have one for um, I have one for um, Rachel and um, and Miss Karen. Miss Karen is. Have your Bibles. Turn to Matthew. I'm going to skip ahead in our Bible study. We're going to Matthew chapter 24. Um, over the last several weeks, and especially last week, uh, you know, I preached about, you know, where our, why we should not fear. You know, why God has saved us. Why we have a spirit uh, of victory and not a spirit of defeat. And listening to the news and reading the news and listening to people talk and my friends and some of them not so close friends and acquaintances, there seems to be an underlying question is this, this world, for lack of a better term, going to hell in a handbasket. Now I have heard that statement my whole life. You know, my grandmother used to tell us you need to be prepared because the Lord's coming. 
I remember that from a little child. My great-grandmother, I remember her telling the same thing. I'm 63 years old. And there's an old song that come out in the 60s that will lead us to where we're going to go today. You ever heard that, that song, sign, signs, everywhere sign? Do this, don't do that. Nothing but signs. Well, in our word today in Matthew, Jesus is telling his disciples the signs of the times so that we can see what's going on, that we'll know what's coming so that we shouldn't be afraid. And so it said in, in, in verse 3 of chapter 24, it said, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, now you have to understand this is part of the Olivet Discourse. But as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Isn't that amazing? The first thing he tells his disciples is take heed that no man deceive you. And then he goes on. For many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, there shall be pestilence, and earthquakes, and divers and places. In divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound and love of, of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth it let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea, flee unto the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give, uh, that give suck on those days. But pray ye that your fight be not in the winter. That your flight be not in the winter. Neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be a great tribulation. Such as was not since the beginning of the world. Uh, to this time. Nor ever shall be. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to open this scripture up to us so that we'll understand what's happening around us so we'll be able to see the signs that are pointing to your return. Lord, that we will be prepared, that we won't be shocked, that we will not be afraid, that we will stand in the spirit of victory for your kingdom and the advancement of it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Think about this. Take heed that no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name. How often do we see that today? People coming in the name of Christ, deceiving people. Especially today, as widespread and easy as information is disseminated. You have people that are getting on television, mainstream media. You have people that are being on the internet, calling themselves some certain type of ministry, and they're preaching a false doctrine. They're preaching a doctrine of... Uh, of riches, a doctrine of, uh, of wealth, prosperity. They're wanting your money. They don't care one iota about your salvation. They don't preach Jesus Christ dead, buried, and resurrected. They don't preach that for remission of sins you have to believe on Him. They don't preach that because that's not their aim. Their aim is to deceive. We have people inside the church that are so scared that what's going to happen when the pressure comes? When the pressure comes, they're going to turn on each other. I don't look for that to happen here, but it's going to happen, especially in the metropolitan areas first. They're going to turn on each other. They're going to start handing up their brothers and sisters so that they can get something to eat or drink. The day's coming. Sooner than later. Everything that's going on in our society today is preparing us for the desolation that's coming. Everything that's happening in our country over the mask, over the shots, over the, the restricted travel, over the not being able to buy or sell goods unless you have a card. They are preparing you for the mark. They are desensitizing us and the general public to the mark. It's coming. These are the times that these messages need to be preached. They're relevant for this day. What do we hear? What do we hear? Every day. Rumors of wars. China's doing this. Russia's doing that. They're doing this in the Middle East. They're all coming where? For who? Israel. Are we shocked about that? The revelation tells us. The prophet Daniel prophesied about it. These are the things that are happening. We need to wake up. Not be woke. We need to wake up. First off, woke is bad English. We need to be awake. We need to be praying. We need to be in the word. We need to be looking after our brothers and sisters. We need to be looking about our communities. Who we can help. Who is going down for the third time with their hands up crying out. I have no hope. 
You need to be riding around with the life vest on and the life jacket and the red cross on it, tossing the buoys out so that they'll have something to grab on. And that buoy is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about this. How terrible it's going to be when your neighbors turn on you. How terrible is it going to be when you can't go to the grocery store and you can't buy your food? Or you go to the grocery store, you can buy it, they just don't have it. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's coming. Listen to this. And it says that there's going to be nation shall rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. And verse 8, all of these are the beginning of sorrows. The things that we're seeing now are the beginning of the sorrows. They've been happening for a while, but they're becoming more and more and more intense. Good has become evil. Crimes and vices have become the law. Think about this. The world's upside down. The world's upside down. People say things under their own, under their own wisdom, and they don't understand what they're saying. All we hear in this country is rainbow flags. And everybody's entitled to identify as they want to identify. All of that is of the devil. There are two, two genders in this world. And God created them back in Genesis. Male and female. When you go to any of the websites about the death and numbers of deaths and the numbers of folks that are infected with the coronavirus. There's only two genders listed. So either there's really only two genders, male and female, or the LBGTQ are immune to coronavirus. These are the things they're trying to discredit us. They're trying to sabotage us. They're trying to mess with our minds so that we won't clearly think about the God that's in control of this world. Our mission is to share the gospel. It has not changed. From the day that he called us to salvation until the day that he calls us home or returns, that is our mission. Let no one silence you. If it upsets and offends your neighbors, oh well, maybe it'll offend them enough for them to figure out what's going on. Maybe it'll offend them enough, offend them enough so that they'll search out God's word. I am not afraid of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed. And here's the thing that we need to understand. The tribulation is coming. It's starting now. We need to every morning wake up and look to the east. Look to the east. That's what he's been telling us to do. Are we prepared to meet our maker? Are we prepared to stand face to face with Jesus Christ? 
And you're going to hear all kind of things said about it. You're going to have people tell you, why is God sending people to hell? God sends no one to hell. You choose where your eternity is. People don't like that response. You know, my mom used to say something, and she'd say, the truth hurts, don't it? Well, only if it's, you're trying not to, not to own up to it. But those that folks that tell you God is sending people to hell, what kind of God would do that? A just God? He's not sending you to hell. He's not treating you any different than you should be treated. He's told you how we're to live and how you are to live forever. He's told you that there's so many false gods. We had witness of that this morning during Sunday school hour of false gods, pagan gods. There's only one living God. He hung on the cross, was in the grave for three days and rose. Seen his disciples and over 500 and some people seen him before he ascended to heaven. And after he ascended to heaven, he showed himself to Paul. Or Saul. So much so it knocked him off his horse. Changed his life. Became a missionary. Paul spent the rest of his life serving God. The one true God. That's what it's about. Why are we afraid? We see the signs. We know what's going to happen. Here's the best one. We know the end of the story. We know who wins. We're in the dash. Now, y'all have heard me talk about this before. You know, that I have, my Sharon and I have cemetery plots out there. And we thought about, not me, but we thought about maybe putting our stone out there. And I told her that I didn't want my stone out there because I didn't want to come to work every day with my name and birth date and a dash. It's like it's waiting for me. But we're living in the dash. The dash. That's where we're at. We're either going to be out there or somewhere in a cemetery or we're going to be caught up alive. We may not have a date past the dash. I know it's not as long as it has been. We have folks walking around saying, it's been 2,000 some years. If he's going to come, he should have come already. Not so. His plan is not complete. He tells us that every nation will hear the word of God. That means every people group is going to hear it in their own language and own tongue. There's not as many people groups left as there were. The time's getting closer. What has to happen for Jesus to return? Nothing. We're getting on to the end of the age. And I'm sure over the past 145 years or 46 years of this church's existence preachers have stood in this pulpit and said the same thing the difference between me and them is, is we're closer than they were 
society was just as messed up for them as it is for us. However, we're seeing sin run rampant. We're seeing sin being honored on the streets. We're seeing sin being honored in our government, in our laws, in our schools. Even in our churches, sin is being glorified. I don't care what denomination you are. If what your lifestyle is an abomination to Christ, you should not be in the pulpit. Period. God has strict plans for this. And there's going to be some major things happening. The abomination of desolation. You watch. There's a few things that need to happen. The rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. That's going to be a big sign. Just so you know, they already have all of the artifacts to go in it. The utensils. They already have the plans laid and the blocks are being cut. There's a worldwide search for a red heifer. So they can consecrate the utensils of the temple. A serious business. There can't be abomination of desolation unless there is a temple. We need to be prepared. We need to be looking. We need to be saving and well, let me rephrase that. We need to be sharing the gospel with every person we come in contact with. Times are short and running out. Why do you think churches are flourishing? The churches that are reading the word of God and adhering to the word of God, they're flourishing. Have you noticed that some of the bigger churches in the area are struggling financially? They're struggling with staff. They're struggling with, with, with people coming attendance. What have we done? Here at Deep Creek, God has blessed us. We didn't have ups. We didn't have downs. We were on a plateau. As soon as it started opening back up, what happened? We had growth. You know why? Because we honored the Lord Jesus Christ. We're growing now. Spiritually, we're growing physically. Because we honor the Word of God. Don't be afraid. Watch the signs. We're not ignorant. We're not. We have a calling, a duty, and a destination. Isn't that wonderful? We have a destination that is set. There should be peace in your heart and my heart. Knowing that I know where I'm going to spend eternity. And with that, that should alleviate any fear we have. We should be prepared to meet our maker. And here's another thing that I'm going to tell us. Those sins that we have that we want no one to know about, those when we got dark and hidden that each one of us carry, guess what? They're on the front page of Jesus' paper every morning. Nothing that we do in secret is a shock to him. He already knows. Unburden ourselves, lay it at the altar of Jesus Christ so that we can be effective for him. 
We have loved ones in heaven that are pulling for us. We have loved ones walking this earth that need us. They may turn us away. That's okay. You planted the seed. You throwed the water. Let the Holy Spirit do the salvation. We need to get our list together. Three people. Every person. Pray for them daily until they come to salvation. Scratch one off, move them up, and add another one to the bottom. We need to be about that. Time is running out. Is he coming tomorrow? I don't know. Is he coming next year? I don't know. I know he's coming. And I know we ain't got as long to go as we've had. Signs tell us so. Signs tell us so. And then shall appear in chapter 30, I mean verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall spend, or he shall send his angels with a great sound of the trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four corners and four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, do you know that summer is nigh? So likewise, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all things are fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word shall not pass away. The word of God will not pass away. The word of God will not pass away. So my advice and my prayer and my invitation to you is today's the day. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, today's the day. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and is struggling, today's the day. Make it right. Don't exit this building without having first come clean with the Lord. This altar will handle anybody that will come forward. Give your life to Christ. Make your life right with Christ and go about His business because folks, there are people out there whose eternity depends on you and me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to not one soul pass through this threshold without having been right with you. Your kingdom is near. Your time is closer than it was. We don't know when, but we trust you are coming. I ask you, Lord, to heal the hearts that need to be healing, to touch the souls that need to be touched. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Four thirty three, four hundred and thirty three. I surrender all.